Welcome to the You on the Camino podcast for and about first-time pilgrims on the Camino de Santiago in Spain with your host, guide and longtime pilgrim, Nancy Reynolds of the Camino Experience. Do you remember when you first heard about the Camino de Santiago? Maybe it was from a friend who had walked it, or a newspaper article. Maybe you saw the movie The Way with Martin Sheen and Emilio Estevez, and something stirred deep inside, something awakened within you, and you felt the pull to know more. Hi, this is Nancy, and in this episode, we are going to wander around in some basic questions. What is the Camino? Why do people walk the Camino? What does it mean to do the Camino? And what is it like? What is the experience of walking the Camino? And we're going to get personal. Why would you walk the Camino? What experience are you seeking? Finally, I will have a top tip for you at the end of the episode. Before I go on, I want to mention that this discussion is for anyone who is walking any of the Camino routes, whether that is in Spain, Portugal, or France. Would you keep listening to this podcast if I told you I wasn't entirely sure what the Camino is? I know, what a crazy thing to say. I mean, I know what it is, but what is it? And why are people so drawn to it? And why do some people, like me, keep returning year after year? On my spring 2022 walk, I spent a fair amount of time mulling over the question, what is the Camino? And while we're at it, where am I? This is especially suspect I admit, because I've spent so much time on the Camino over the past 17 years, and I love poring over maps and tracking my course along the way, so I do actually always know where I am. You may conclude then that the questions are more metaphoric than literal, as in a search for the meaning of the Camino de Santiago and the journey along one of its paths an understanding of where I am in relation to everyone and everything else. If you were to gather together 10 people who have walked the Camino de Santiago and ask them, what is the Camino? You're likely to get 10 different answers. I did this in a Facebook group, and interestingly, the responses I got weren't about the history or the origin of the Camino. No one said anything about the Apostle James, his ministry, how and where he died, how there came to be a shrine in his honor, or the plenary indulgence offered by the Catholic Church for completing the journey to that shrine. What they did talk about are their experiences, what it was like for them to do the Camino. I expected the responses to use the word pilgrimage in describing the Camino, but mostly they talked about the impact walking the trail had on their lives. They used words like self-discovery, freedom, finding yourself, deeply felt, 
medicine for the soul, life, gratitude, a spiritual journey, healing, humility, humanity. In other words, what many people who have walked the Camino seem to agree on is that beyond any possible description or explanation, the Camino is a deeply personal, life-impacting experience. What will the Camino be for you? Well, I can't say. No one can. And what a wonderful question to explore at length. Let's look at some of the reasons people walk the Camino. Perhaps you'll find yours amongst this list. Will the Camino for you be a long walk with God, a walk of faith, and a chance to go deeper into your religious or spiritual tradition? Will it be a grand adventure to a faraway land where language, customs, and food are different from what you know at home? Perhaps it will be a vacation for the soul, a chance to reset or recalibrate after two years of a global pandemic or other deeply challenging personal life events that seem so ever-present. It could be a homecoming for a seeking, wandering soul and a time to discover or rediscover your deepest desires and truest values. Maybe you're looking for a physical challenge, one that will simply have you savoring the hours, days, and weeks outdoors, walking through the beautiful Spanish countryside and hiking up and down mountains, a walkabout through a varied landscape, if you will. Perhaps the joy for you will be found in what I like to call the United Nations Around the Dinner Table, where people from dozens of countries gather to break bread and share their stories. Possibly for you, it's just enough to have a break from the daily routines at home, a getaway from the familiar and known. Or are you someone for whom walking the Camino de Santiago is a pilgrimage in its truest sense? Or how about this, all of the above or none of the above? Well, only you can say. We'll get back to that question. For now, let's take a brief stroll through the origin and history of the Camino so that we can get to a modern-day jumping-off point. I freely confess that I am not an historian, and I haven't spent any time researching the original literature and documentation on this topic. What I'm going to share with you is a high-level summary of the many accounts I've read on the origins of the Camino. First, let's break down the name, the Camino de Santiago. In English, this usually translates as the Way of St. James. In French, and by that I mean in my terrible French, it's Le Chemin de Saint-Jacques. In Italian, Il Camino de Santiago. And in German, Jakobsweg. James was one of the original 12 apostles and a cousin of the biblical and Christian figure Jesus of Nazareth. Apostle James is the first of the 12 apostles whose martyrdom is mentioned in the New Testament of the Bible, and tradition has it 
that his remains are entombed in the cathedral in Santiago de Compostela in Spain. Santiago is also the patron saint of Spain. So he's a big deal in the Catholic tradition. It's believed that shortly after the crucifixion of Jesus, James was sent to the Iberian Peninsula to spread the good news of Jesus' death and resurrection. When James returned to Jerusalem from now Spain, he was beheaded by King Herod Agrippa. Legend has it that his body then miraculously was transported to the west coast of Spain in a stone barge and buried in a hillside, where it was discovered in the early 800s. The bishop, Teodomiro, discovered the remains, the local king confirmed the find, and the remains have been the destination for one of the most important pilgrimages in Christendom, right alongside Rome and Jerusalem, since shortly after that discovery. The original destination then for our modern-day pilgrimage was the tomb of Apostle James, which is located inside the cathedral in the city of Santiago de Compostela in northwest Spain. Santiago is a beautiful, bustling city, a vibrant university town, and a destination in its own right. On any given day, the historic center of the city will be filled with pilgrims, tourists, travelers, and locals. Locals, of course, enjoying their own city. People arrive to Santiago on foot, by bicycle, on horseback, and as with any other European city, by train, bus, and airplane. People have been traveling to visit the remains of St. James for over a thousand years, out of devotion to the idea that something holy is there. This is called a pilgrimage. In short, the Camino de Santiago is a collection of pilgrimage routes, and traveling one of the Camino routes is considered a pilgrimage. What's that? Well, let's look at it. The first time I walked the Camino in 2005, I had no idea what pilgrimage was and that that was what I was, well, sort of doing. I have to wonder, is it a pilgrimage if you don't know it's a pilgrimage? Hmm, I think so, yes. Shortly after my second Camino walk, I was visiting a Camino friend in Germany and tucked into her bookshelf was a copy of a book called The Art of Pilgrimage by San Francisco author Phil Cousineau. I have to say that book explained me to me. It reached into my pilgrim heart and illuminated what I had been longing for. It showed me what had called me to walk the Camino. It also defined for me pilgrimage. Here's what Cousineau says about pilgrimage. A pilgrimage is a transformative journey to a sacred center. Pilgrimage is a spiritual exercise, an act of devotion to find a source of healing or even to perform a penance. He says, always, it's a journey of risk and renewal. For a journey without challenge has no meaning. One without purpose has no soul. He goes on to say, making a pilgrimage is a way to prove your faith 
and find answers to your deepest questions. Let's see if we can unpack these statements. First, in the case of the Camino de Santiago, the cathedral in the city of Santiago de Compostela is the sacred center. All roads, all routes lead to the city and the cathedral. And to walk to the cathedral as a pilgrimage is to embark on a transformational journey, as Cousineau refers to it. What's interesting to me, though, is that this quote suggests that while the destination of a pilgrimage may be significant, the real pilgrimage is found in the journey itself. So even if St. James isn't a particularly significant figure for you, walking all or part of the Camino Trail can constitute a pilgrimage. These statements also suggest to me that even if you don't claim to have faith, or if you don't align with any particular religious tradition, you may still have some deep questions simply because you are a member of the human race. Those questions can be explored as you walk on the Camino, again, even if the destination of the cathedral in Santiago isn't significant to you. If you do have a sense that your Camino walk will be a pilgrimage in any of these ways, I recommend reading Cousineau's book, The Art of Pilgrimage, before you go. And then I highly recommend reading it once you return as an aid to processing or unpacking your journey. I could spend the entire day talking about the meaning and purpose of pilgrimage and metaphoric interpretations of the Camino, but I'm going to pause that and turn practical and literal for a bit. That's because I'd like to answer the question of what does it mean to do the Camino? In Spanish, in the language of our in-country hosts, you might say, hace el Camino. The verb hacer, spelled H-A-C-E-R, means several things. To do, to make, to cause, to carry out, even to be. I love that one. To do a pilgrimage, to make a pilgrimage, to cause or carry out a pilgrimage, to be a pilgrimage. Which of these feels right to you? Doing, making, carrying out a pilgrimage on the Camino involves the physical act of walking from a starting point to an ending point, and what you'll be doing is walking every day, or most days, for however long it takes to get from the start to the end. If we were observing you doing the Camino, we might see you carrying a loaded backpack with everything in it that you're traveling with. Or we might see you using a luggage transport service to move your backpack ahead each stage each day as you go, and then we would see you carrying a small day pack. We would see you looking for and finding food for every meal of the day by shopping in tiendas or shops, by visiting bars and restaurants, or maybe by cooking if you're staying in the pilgrims' hostels or the albergues. We would see you sorting out where to sleep every day, and sleeping in a different place every night for the duration of the trip. We would see you doing laundry, 
possibly every day, doing hand washing in a sink, and every few days, putting your laundry into a machine, and then hanging wet clothes on a line to dry. We could observe you solving problems as they arrive, often in a language you don't speak or understand. One of the highlights, potentially, is we'd watch you meet new people every day, people from all around the world. We'd see you being outdoors in all kinds of weather, sunshine, rain, wind, cloudy skies, maybe snow or hail, depending on when you're going. We would see you wearing the same clothes every day for the entire trip. We would observe you using a map or an app, or maybe both, to find services and to navigate your way along the trail. And we would see you following the regularly, frequently occurring trail markers to find your way. If your walk has a religious or spiritual purpose, we might see you visiting churches and cathedrals, attending mass, or practicing other rituals of your faith tradition. What we might not see so clearly is that you could be dealing with the emotional challenges of walking the Camino, of being away from home, from family, friends, and pets for an extended period of time. As I said, we'd see you meeting new people every day, which can be exciting, but it also could become tiring, especially if you identify yourself as an introvert. We could see you sleeping in rooms with strangers if you're staying in the shared albergues and the shared dorms. It might not be so hard to tell, but you might be feeling alone or lonely. And what we can be pretty certain about is you're feeling physically exhausted after day after day of walking. What else can we observe when we see pilgrims doing the Camino? On my recent walk in spring 2022, I did some observing in Santiago and along the trail, and I talked to a lot of pilgrims. I noticed that there's a great diversity and variety among pilgrims. They weren't all doing it the same way. There were people walking alone and as couples. Some were in groups they had come with, and others were in groups that had formed along the way, what you may hear referred to as a Camino family. Some people were carrying big backpacks that looked really heavy. Some had smaller backpacks that didn't look too heavy. Some were wearing small day packs, and some carried only a bottle of water. I saw people wearing sandals, sneakers, or what we sometimes hear called trainers. Some were wearing high top and some were wearing low top hiking shoes. And a few were wearing what I call badass hiking boots, those big heavy boots that might be more than you need for this job. Pilgrims used two trekking poles, one trekking pole, a walking stick or nothing at all. A lot of pilgrims had started in Saint-Jean-Pied-du-Port, France, and some had started closer to Santiago in Saria. Oh, and some had come from Portugal. Some had come from Ferrol on the Camino and Glass, and some had chosen the Norte or the Primitivo route, and others came all the way from Seville in the south of Spain. Oh my goodness, and some had even walked all the way from their homes in other European countries. I talked to people who were staying in the albergues and shared dorms, and also to people who were choosing to stay in hotels 
and other places with private rooms. Most of these observations I've just shared could be made on just one day, one day only. But pilgrims don't all walk at the same time. No, they are spread out throughout the year with some walking in the cold winter months, some in the lovely fickle weather springtime, some in the heat and long days of summer, and others in the shorter days of fall. Lots of variety, lots of different ways to do the Camino. Do you see where I'm going with this? I have to conclude that there is no one way to do the Camino. This makes perfect sense, doesn't it? We don't all live our lives the same way, so why would we do the Camino the same way? Yet even with all those variables, there still seems to be somewhat of a common Camino experience. I think that's because all pilgrims, at least all walking pilgrims, essentially are doing the same thing, even if they aren't doing it the same way. If we aren't all doing the Camino in the same way, what does that say about our individual experiences of walking the Camino? Are they different too? What all pilgrims have in common is that they are all traversing the trail to Santiago de Compostela. Walking is walking is walking. And that is the common denominator. But let's imagine two pilgrims walking the same route at the same time, walking exactly the same daily stages, starting and finishing in the same town each day. One is carrying their backpack and staying in albergues in the shared dorm rooms and the other is staying in private rooms, in hotels and guest houses, and using a luggage transport service to move their backpack each day. Will these two pilgrims have the same Camino experience? I don't think so. Well, I actually know so because I've done it both ways. This question frequently sparks a discussion of what is the right way to do the Camino. You may hear phrases like, a true pilgrim, or a Camino purist, or even that's cheating, which are used to argue that to be a true pilgrim, one must carry their backpack and stay in albergues. It's an interesting argument, especially because the albergues are relatively new on the Camino landscape, as in the last 35 or so years out of over a 1,000-year history. And here's what's really interesting. Every albergue is different. So unless you and I stay in all the same albergues on exactly the same schedule, we will have similar but not the same experiences. If you and I are even one day apart, you stay at an albergue on Monday and then I stay on Tuesday, our experiences will be different because we will be with a completely different group of pilgrims. If I happen to be two weeks behind you, it's possible there will be a different volunteer or employee running the albergue, one that sets a different tone and attends to the pilgrims differently than your host did. Now let's add in some other elements of a Camino walk that will influence or change the experience. The many different places to eat. The weather fluctuations throughout the year who you meet on the trail and at the places you sleep. 
the random acts of kindness you give and receive. The shepherd and herd of sheep you see but I don't. The bus or taxi ride you have to take to make up a few days. An injury that sets you back a week or sadly even ends your Camino walk. The hand-drawn stamp in your credential or pilgrim's passport at the place you stay. But your friend decides to stay someplace else, so he gets a different stamp that day. The choir practicing in the church in that small village, which happens only on Saturday. The festival you come across in September, if that's your walking month. Do you see what I'm getting at? The Camino experience is and will be as varied as the pilgrims who walk the trail. What will your Camino experience be like? To answer that question, let's add in one more element. That is, you are at this point in your life, and you have your own personal reasons for wanting to walk the Camino. Do you know why you want to walk? Do you know what's calling you to the Camino? Whatever it is, the Camino is there for you. I'd like to help you put together a Camino experience that is unique and special. That's what we'll be doing with the roadmap I mentioned in episode one. Remember the first three steps? Do some research, talk to people, go for a walk. Now I'll give you the next step on the roadmap. Spend some time thinking about what you want. You've probably already heard some things that sound good to you. Walking in the beautiful Spanish countryside, meeting people from all over the world, enjoying the food and culture of the region, contemplating your faith or spirituality or humanity. Let me give you a few questions to ponder. What's calling you to walk the Camino? What experience are you after? For you, will this be a long walk with God, a grand adventure, a chance to reset or recalibrate? Will it be a time to discover or rediscover your deepest desires and truest values? Will it be a physical challenge, a walkabout? Or are you longing to represent one of the dozens of countries gathered around the dinner table? Are you looking for a break from the daily routines at home? Will this be a true pilgrimage for you? Or all of the above? Or none of the above? Take your time. Grab a notebook and use your beautiful imagination. Look at some photos or videos if you like. And keep in mind, you are unique and your Camino experience will be too. And by the way, I have at least five more episodes coming that will guide you as you discover what you want for your Camino experience. Before I wrap up, I want to give you the top tip for this episode. Here it is. Get to know your expectations. We all have them. It would be impossible not to with all the videos and books and movies and online accounts of other people's Camino experiences. If you get to know your expectations, you can begin to see which ones are realistic and which ones aren't, which ones are inherited or picked up from others, and which ones are all yours. 
You can ask yourself if you truly want what you're expecting or if you'd like to expect and receive something else. You can let loose any tight grip you have on ideas of what the Camino is or is supposed to be and instead shift to an attitude of expectancy. I like to set intentions when I walk the Camino as a way to set the tone and to divert my attention from any preconceived ideas about what the journey will be. So that brings us back to this. Grab a notebook and discover what Camino experience are you longing for? What are you ready to receive? Thank you for joining me for this episode of the You on the Camino podcast. If you would like to know when future episodes are ready for you, click the subscribe button and I will look forward to the next time we are together to talk about your Camino experience. Bye for now. Would you like to share your story of getting ready to walk the Camino de Santiago and receive some personalized guidance on your planning and preparations? If you have not yet walked a Camino and would like to be a guest on this podcast, please email nancy at thecaminoexperience.com or go to the website thecaminoexperience.com for more information. Thank you.